Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I sit down with Ryan Hennessy of Picture This, and it's a wonderful chat. It's probably one of the most unique chats I've had with a frontman of such a successful band that was so late to so many things and also fast-tracked. You know, when you, when you hear him talk about the first show and, and you know, the feelings before it and the feelings after it, it's, it's pretty unique. I've never had this sort of conversation with... With, with you know a, a, a front man of a, of a band before and 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 just the, the the stuff that he was listening to at a formative age very different to what you know what what the people he went to school with were listening to and and the way that he discovered new music you know which when, when we talk record shops uh yeah just just it's an interesting chat this one and uh before we get on with it a few thank yous so thanks to to Scroobius Pip uh, and all my friends at the Distraction Pieces Network, which this podcast is proud to be part of. Um, thanks to 76 for producing this podcast, you know, producing podcasts in a, in a pandemic when everything's being done remotely over Zooms and stuff. It's, uh, it makes his job a little bit tougher to, to ensure you get a, you know, the best sounding audio you can get. And he's been doing a stellar job. So, so much love to him. Um, if this is your first time listening to, off the beaten track podcast then once you finish listening to my chat with ryan go and explore the back catalogue because you'll you'll be able to kind of get lost in 250 or so episodes with artists as diverse as the foo fighters uh norman cook aka fat boy slim uh tommy leah motley crew gosh who else oh, there's uh there's a lot Chuck D, a public enemy, Mel C, the Spice Girls, Andy Bell of Oasis. Um, yeah, the list goes on. Go and go and have a rummage in the archives, and uh, I'm sure you'll find plenty of um, episodes that you want to get your teeth stuck right into. Um, and if you'd like to support the podcast, that would be incredible. Um, and the way you can do that is head over to a Patreon. Um, it's www.patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash off the beat and track and then if you don't really know what patreon is then then i'll just give you a a, a quick kind of insight into it so it costs you about 71p a week and basically you go over there and each week i upload sort of two or three episodes and radio shows and such and lots of video episodes you can watch all the the episodes over there um and then there's also probably 250 episodes in the back catalogue of that so you get access to all of that and you get loads of other stuff that doesn't come out to the the general public it's uh, it's almost like a little um 
social media feed really upload pictures and info as to what you know what's coming up and what's going on and put up loads of exclusives as well a lot of the time you get these episodes up front if you're a patreon as well and yeah and it supports the podcast you know so uh, any help over there is is much appreciated but you can find out about that and you can find out about all the back catalog of the you know the the, the other ones that i was telling you about you know involving Fatboy Slim and such um, at your one-stop shop, which is www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. Okay, I think we can get on with it. Please enjoy Off the Beat and Track Podcast with Ryan Hennessy of Picture This. It's Off the Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Give me stew with him. Okay, we are recording. Joining me now via the means of Zoom, Ryan Hennessy. Hello. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very. It's a bit cold. I'm a bit cold. I just came in. Snowing outside my window right now. Um, Where's where, where where are you right now? Right now, I'm in Hampstead. Okay, nice. Um, so it's lovely, but just a bit cold. So. Just before we get on with, with, with talking records and such, uh, I just want to ask how you found the last 10, 11 months, um, which has been obviously, you know, the world stopped turning the way it was turning. And I just wondered how you found that both personally and, and creatively. Um, it's kind of a mixed match of a lot of emotions, I think. Um, it obviously gave me a lot of time that I don't usually have because... We started our band, my band picture this in five years ago. Um, and since literally the day we started, we just hadn't stopped. We've toured everywhere and been in the studio. We've just been in a constant cycle the whole time since we started. So this is the first time where I've actually had time in five years to, to do whatever I want. And I kind of struggle with that a little bit because I work better under pressure. And I, I, I found that I actually write better under pressure as well when I have when I have a lot of idle time, I kind of I have no restraints and that kind of hinders me a little bit in terms of writing, I think. Um, because usually I write on the fly, on the back of a tour bus or in a dressing room or in a hotel room. Um, but when I'm at home and I have all this time, it's, I actually find it tough in terms of writing. I know a lot of people find it great because they have time and they, they kind of need that. But I actually kind of need the restraint a little bit is what I've found. Um, so I try to put myself under pressure. Have you pushed forward and tried to, 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 you know, consistently write? Yeah, I have. I've been, like, I've been doing so much writing. I have been. I've been writing a lot, um, both for, for myself and for other artists. And um, I just find it's a lot. I, I realize that visual stimulation is very key for my writing. So when I'm seeing the same thing day in, day out, it's hard to kind of, you go looking for inspiration. Whereas before, I found that the inspiration found me and the song found me and I was kind of just the the vessel for the song. So it's a bit difficult when I'm going looking for it, if you know what I mean. Okay. Well, let's talk songs. Um, Yes. For track one, I'm going to ask you the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro, please. The track I picked for this is um, I Want to Be Adored by The Stone Roses. Nice. It just, it, that, that stirs something up in me for some reason. I know it's not the classic like guitar riff intro, um, but for some reason, every time I hear that intro, it just stirs something up in me. There's so much tension or something in it. And it's just, I, it just makes me feel a bit rowdy or something. I, I love it. I love what stirs up. I think it's great that, I mean, 
you know, that come out when I was like 17 and to see that like generation after generation, I, I, I DJ in, in, in alternative nightclubs and, and that has been a consistent track. And that's not particularly, that intro is not tailor-made for a dance floor. It's so slow. But once you know, you've yeah. heard that once, you know what's coming, right? Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. all about that fucking snare when it goes. It's like then it just it's euphoria, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's fucking amazing. I love it so much. <laughs> I absolutely love it. it. Makes me just feel rowdy. Exactly what you're saying. Mm. I just I know what's coming. I'm ready for it. I just can't wait. I love it so much. It's. Uh, I don't know if you've watched it or you was at any of the the, the, the Rosie's reunion shows. Like, yeah, I was. I saw them in Dublin. Ah, oh, when that double snare goes, all you hear over anything is the crowd just literally going do 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 do. Like, it's so <laughs> yeah. good, so it's good. Incredible. I, I can't. It. Do you know what? You're the first one in 250 episodes to pick that, and I can't believe it. Like, wow, great shout, man. Great shout. <laughs> How did you discover the Rosies? I discovered them through my older brother. Um, it's kind of how I discovered all of my music. My brother is 30, 33 now. Um, so he loved the Roses, Oasis, that whole scene. And that's what, so that's what I grew up on by proxy through him. Um, but it was funny because he never kind of pushed music on me. I would always just like go in and like look at his CDs and stuff because I just wanted to be like my older brother. So I just went in and um, I would just, yeah, I found like Oasis CDs, Stone Roses stuff. Um, but it's funny, yeah, because not a lot of like the rest of the guys in the band for example, wouldn't be into the roses or, or, or know much about them. So they're kind of, I don't know how, it's a lot different I come from, coming from Ireland. They're a bit more like of a hidden gem in a, in a weird way, yeah. which is crazy because it's Stone Roses. But um, yeah, I found them through like my older brother and, and, and his friends and the Oasis and the Stone Roses are my favourite my favorite groups of all time. So, you know, looking at like, I Want to Be a Daughter as a, as a, as a prime example, that, that was actually a single as well. Um, and, and, and I think it was one of their highest charting singles, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I find that weird in the world that we live in now. So I'm loading this to ask you a question. Um, the fact that there was this huge elongated sort of intro before it peaks. You wouldn't get that on radio now. It wouldn't happen you know yeah. and and i just wonder you know as 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 you said you've been you know playing together for 5 years and when you right now are you conscious of ever evolving and ever quickening attention spans and and you know to get on the radio you know it needs to kind of you know you're hearing lots more songs now starting with choruses and do you, do you know what I'm saying, Ryan? Like, yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. It, is it a consideration yeah. when you write now? It's it's definitely it definitely is a consideration. I try and leave it to the, towards the end of the process of the song because I don't want it to inflict on the song too much. Um, because the reason uh, the first song we ever brought out was a song called "Take My Hand," and I found that the reason and it really connected. It was like the most played um, song on Irish radio for like two two or three years in a row, and it was like. The re- I feel like the reason it connected was because when I wrote the song, I had no idea that m- my song could ever even go on radio. I was so out of touch with music and the music business. I only start. I sang for the first time when I was 18, so I, I was really late into music. So I had this ignorance, and, and I, I try and hold on to that like ignorance as much as I can because that's what really makes a song cut true is that like it's, it's, it's different to, to everything else. And that song, for example, Take My Hand, was... And it was that ignorance. So I try and maintain that ignorance, but you also have to be aware that people's attention spans are constantly like just becoming narrow and narrower and narrower. 
Um, so yeah, it's definitely a thought, but I try and not let it take over the song, if you know what I mean. But yeah. it's definitely a consideration. Okay. Track two. The first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. This track, for me, is... It's, it's Dirty Diana by Michael Jackson, which I just remember hearing that song for the first time. I would have been like probably a teenager, like in my early teens. And I heard the song for the first time. And I, I always try to explain this to people, but I don't know how to explain it. It's like it had an emotion. Like I felt like I wanted to cry because the song was so good. Like it was so good. that I was like, I actually want to cry right now. I don't feel emotional. The song is not making me feel sad. It was just so powerful and it hit me and I just really remember it being a really poignant moment of like I really want to cry right now and I don't I don't know why this is just so good that yeah. stirring that kind of that kind of emotion in me it was really weird how do you um, in regards to sort of music how do you if you're having a, a low day you're feeling blue do you you know do you go and reach for the best of S Club 7 and put a smile on your face or do you kind of like immerse yourself in you know in downbeat music and, and process that emotion through listening to the stuff that's that's a blanket you know yeah i i usually delve into the sadder stuff yeah i'd I like listen to like i don't know bob dylan or something when i'm feeling yeah. like blue i don't i wish i was the kind of jump up and listen to s club seven or some sort of pop <laughs> tune like that I, i'm sure it'll probably work actually i need to try that out but yeah i usually immerse myself in some sad some sad music when i'm feeling when i'm feeling low. um so that was Dirty Diner in your in your early teens. Where, where was that? Where was home then? Uh, Kildare in in Ireland. It's just just outside of Dublin. So that's where I come from. How was that growing up? That it's do you know it's a very being Irish. I guess growing up for me, I started writing poetry when I was like seven, and that's where my that's where my songwriting comes from. I'm, I was I was into poetry before I was into music, and I find that being Irish, you just have a way with words. In, I think everybody does, even just through conversation, through our, through our accents and stuff. So I always had like a love of language and words. But it's not a very, where I come from, it's not a very musical place, really. And my family are not a very musical family. There's nobody, I don't know anybody in my family that can play an instrument or, or um, sing or, or anything like that. So growing up, I was kind of, growing up all I did was play football and chase after girls. That's all I did. I had no interest in, in music. Um, so that was kind of my surrounding. It wasn't a very musical surrounding. I just kind of found it myself. Everybody has a love for music, but I think it was my surrounding kind of influenced me more lyrically than musically, if you know what I mean. Yeah. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah. For track three, let's stay in the formative years. I'm going to ask you for the song that reminds you of your time at school, please. What's the story, Morning Glory, by Oasis, the, the, the track and the album? Um, for me, because I discovered that, like I was saying earlier, my brother's CD collection. And I remember finding that CD and just listening to it on repeat. And nobody in my class, like, or in my year in school, were like listening to Oasis or kind of knew who Oasis were, which again is crazy because it's Oasis. But like, I would have been, that would have been probably like 2006, 2007. Um, so it was like they were gone past their prime at that point. But I just remember that, like, listening to that on a, on a Discman and bringing the Discman to school. And just listen to Oasis, and that was kind of weird for other kids who were listening to like I don't know what was popular back then. Um, but anytime I think of my school days, I always think of Oasis and What's the Story, Morning Glory. I mean, shout out to that for an intro as well. Like, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Have that on a pair of headphones. That's uh, that's very sonically pleasing. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, it is for sure. How was school? How did you enjoy it? I I know everybody said it, says it, but I hate school. Um, I just and a reason I, I touched on there a minute ago that I started writing poetry when I was seven, and, and one of the reasons I I hate school was because I grew up loving poetry, and I never really cared. I guess I was raised really well by my parents in terms of like I never I never cared what anybody thought about me or what I was into. I just didn't. I, it wasn't like intentionally. I'm not going to care what they think. It was just I just didn't. So for me, and where I'm from, like. I grew up on a council estate. There's not a lot of poetry going on in 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 my council estate where, where I grew up in. But so I was a bit different in terms of that. Um, but I found that school kind of killed my love of poetry for years. And it, it like because of how it was taught, it was taught very methodically and very like writing out notes and notes and notes. And it just wasn't my experience of poetry and how I feel like it should be expressed. So that was kind of one of the main reasons that I hated because English was my favourite subject in school. But then it was killing my love, my main love, which was poetry. Um, and other than that, yeah, I just didn't really like it. I just wanted to play football and chase after women, like I said. But I also have school to thank for my music career because, like I said, I never sang until I was 18. And when I was in my last two years of school, I had to pick a subject and it was either woodwork or music. And I was, I'm terrible at anything like DIY, anything like that. I just can't do it. I'm really bad. So, and there was loads of girls in the music class. So I was like, right, music seems like the, like the way to go here. And I got into the class and they were like, we have to play an instrument or sing or do some like computer technology. And I was like, can't play an instrument. Don't know how to use a computer in terms of music technology. I'll just try and sing. And then I did. And I just remember my music teacher being like, I didn't know you, like, I thought you can't sing. And I was like, look, I can't like can I like I don't know if I don't know if that, that was good or not. And he was like, "Really? Was, you had no you had yeah. no kind of inkling that you could sing? I, no idea whatsoever. Never. I had never even like tried to sing in in any way. And then I was just like, I just I don't know how I had the 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 nerve to even do it because like I'd never sang before. And I'm quite I, I can be a bit like tentative about things like that. But I just sang, and then my music teacher was like, "What the? Where did that come from?" And then he was just like. 
this is all right come, you can come into this class you have to be in this class i want you in this class and then i remember going home and singing for my for my dad for the first time i came down the stairs and i was like i came down the stairs and i kept walking past the, the sitting room because i didn't want to go in to ask him could i sing from because i was like he's gonna find this so weird and i went in and i was like i eventually got in and i was like can i sing for you and he was like yeah yeah of course you can sing for me if you want yeah no problem like this is weird but go for it and I sang um, actually sang an Irish song called Come My Little Son and traditional Irish song and I just remember I told him to close his eyes and not look at me and then I was going to close my eyes as well because I didn't want because I was so nervous and I sang for him and he was again just like where did that come from I've never heard you sing and you have this this voice like where like he was so blown away and if it wasn't for school I never would have done music and I probably never would have sang so I have school to thank for my career in a way I mean, you know, you said about the awkwardness you felt, you know, walking past the door and obviously getting your dad to shut his eyes and you shutting your own eyes. Like, you know, you've then gone on to, to, to play huge gigs in front of, you know, thousands of people. Did the confidence come later or was there a confidence back then? There certainly wasn't a confidence back then. It came, it came by being thrown in the deep end is where it came from. Um, I just started writing songs. When I started that music class, I'd started writing songs. And then eventually we started Picture This, myself and Jimmy. Um, and we became really big in Ireland very quickly. Um, so our first show that we ever played was a sold-out show in the Academy in Dublin to 800 people. And we were the first band ever to do that. So my first ever live show in front of an audience was, was that show. That so was I your was first ever gig? The first ever gig. Fuck first thing man. I've ever done. It was... <laughs> That talk about being thrown in at the deep end, that was fucking intense. So Most bands spend four from... years playing to like two men and a dog in like dirty pubs in London. Oh, man. I know. Because <laughs> I, I actually, I feel like a lot of people within the industry within Ireland kind of hold that, hold that against me a little bit. They're like, he didn't like spend his, his years like playing to two people like we did. And I'm like, but that's not my fault. I would have done that. Yeah. If that's what it took, we just happened to be very lucky. So yeah, the first show we ever played was I was walking out to play for 800 people and to play an hour and a half long set and we only had two songs out and it was just like thrown in at the deep end so from that from that show on I've just been super confident in in live performance how did you feel walking on stage that night and how did you feel walking off stage that night that's a great question I've, I've actually never I've never been asked that and two very very different emotions I remember, I remember feeling like, um, like I was going to faint as I was walking out, feeling like I have nothing in my body right now. I feel so weak, and like the adrenaline was just like racing through my through my veins, and being like, I don't know how I'm going to walk out here for an hour and a half and play a show. Like, how am I going to do that? And then as soon, and I actually came in late on because we had an intro track, and I was playing guitar, and I came in too late on the intro track, so. It was like, but nobody noticed because it was like Jimmy was Jimmy was on the drums was looking after the track or whatever, so he just stopped it and it, it was fine. But like thirty seconds in, I was like, I never want to leave this stage ever again. Like I want to stay here forever. Wicked. And I remember just like walking off stage and just feeling elated, like and everybody because I'm quite in person, quite reserved and like I'm not like I'm not lighting up the room. You know what I mean? I'm a bit laid back. So, but I, I come alive on stage and I did that night and that was the first time that happened. And I remember coming off stage and everybody being like, what the fuck happened to you up there? You're a completely different person. Um, so I literally, I went on as a very timid 
22 year old and left as a very confident very very happy young man and I've been that way ever since nice what was the first record you bought first record I bought was um, it, it, it was an Irish there's an Irish singer called Luke Kelly from the Dubliners and mm-hmm. he there's a CD called the, the Performer which is just all of Luke's best works and I remember just being in um, an extra vision in my in my hometown and it was my I just had like pocket money and I had been in there buying probably buying FIFA or something like that and I remember just walking past the CD section and being like the front cover was Luke's big ginger afro that he has in his beard and him and it just really struck me I was like wow that looks super interesting and I had like a spare couple of pound or, or euro whatever it was and um, I just bought it and I went home and put it in my CD player and just sat there and was like why has nobody told me about this guy? Like, how have I never heard this before? This is incredible. This is the greatest thing I've ever heard. And I still think that. And it was just... Because Irish music, traditional music, I guess, around my age at that time as well, was very, it was like uncool. It was like, you don't listen to it like that. Like, that's what our parents listened to or whatever, our grandparents. But I just, I was just blown away by Luke's voice and the stories and the songs. And I was just like, I'm so happy that I picked up that CD that day. And it, yeah, it was the first one I ever bought with my own money. Have, have record shops become places that you like to sort of go to now, still? Yeah, they are for sure. I just recently bought a vinyl player. I had one before I, when I was living at home. And my dad has an amazing vinyl collection. And so I, I do get excited because I used to love it. After I bought um, that Luke CD, I then made it like a ritual every like couple of weeks where I'd go back and buy a new CD of... I would always make sure that I didn't know who it was so I discovered the Smiths that way I'd never heard of the Smiths and I just went in and I was like that's a cool album cover I can't remember which one it was now but going home and playing that and being like wow this is incredible yeah. and I, f- I found so many artists like that I found Bob Dylan like that like nobody I had no musical not like the least musical knowledge ever and just going in and buying those CDs I discovered the Smiths Luke Kelly Bob Dylan all these amazing people man what a way to blindly discover the Smiths <laughs> Just, I know, honestly. Ah, oh, incredible. It's crazy. That's crazy. Um, okay, uh, well, for track five, I'm going to ask you to tell me the song that soundtrack your years clubbing. I mean, you're a young man. You're still out clubbing, right? <laughs> um, I, I never really, again, I'm, I'm from a very small town in Kildare. So clubbing is not something that I'm very um, in touch with, really. There's one, there's one club in my town, and I wouldn't really call it a club. Um, but I love the whole culture of it. For me, for me, the song that jumps out in my brain of like being in a nightclub as a teenager is Maniac 2000, uh, a song by Mark McCabe, which is just like the Irish fucking anthem. And every night out when that comes on, it's just carnage. Um, and that's kind of because I, I kind of, I feel like that's etched in my brain from like going and picking up with my parents like picking up my older sisters or my older brother from like when they're on night out and just hearing that like through the from the club and they're walking out you just hear that from the door and then my first time being in the club as well hearing that um but yeah just to have a question i want to ask as well just just going back for a moment that you you said that obviously you know you didn't really sort of start doing anything to do with music until your last sort of couple of years at school um up until then what, what did you want to be I wanted to be a, a footballer. I wanted to play football. That's all I was interested in was playing football. And I played at a certain level in Dublin. 
Um, but that was I was just obsessed with football from being a very young lad to I still am completely obsessed with football. Um, but that was what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a football player, and I had no I had no ambition to be anything else. And it's something that I, I spoke to my dad about recently, where he was telling me that there was a moment because between the age of like eighteen and twenty one. 18 and yeah 18 and 21 I was on the door like literally doing nothing just on social welfare and I'm not that kind of person that would that would just sit around but for some reason I did but I just always remember saying to my dad and my mom when they would come to be like you have to go and get a job I just always said to them I can't have a normal job I can't do a normal job I can't do it so I've never had a job other than this band and for some reason I just knew that and I know that sounds like I was just being a chancer at the time they were like of course you're going to say that but I just felt like something it sounds crazy, but I just felt like something was going to happen to me or I was going to do something that was going to take me to somewhere like that where it's not, and not that there's anything, of course there's nothing wrong with a normal job. I never thought there was anything wrong with it. I just didn't think that it suited me personally. And again, my family were just like, you're a chancer, just go and get a normal job. And my dad only told me recently that he, it was, he came like, he was so close to throwing me out to try and wake me up, to be like, kick me out of the house, to be like, right, actually I have to go and get a job. But... I never considered anything. I wanted to be a footballer, realised that wasn't going to happen, was on the dole for a couple of years, thought about joining the army at one point, which was a terrible idea for me. I wouldn't have lasted two seconds. Um, and then music happened. So I'm just very lucky. I mean, both football and music are ridiculously uh, competitive and difficult industries to, 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 to reach the level of success that you've reached. Um, once you'd you'd had that record out and you'd, you'd kind of come off stage, you know, for, for want of a better description, a changed man. Like, yeah. um, would you say now nah, and from that moment you was driven? Yeah. I, I, I've always been a very driven person in, in, in general. That's why, that's why I was saying like when, when I was just sitting around on the dole, it was very not me. I've always been, when I, when I love something and when I'm good at something, I'm super driven at that. And I just, the word, the word desire is a word that I always use. I have a burning desire to be, to be the best at something and just to explore something. And it, it goes against me a lot of time because I can't play a game of FIFA. If I lose, I just lose my head because I just, I hate losing. <laughs> I just want to win all the time. It causes arguments all the time. I can't lose at table tennis. I can't lose at FIFA. I just, I just have the desire to be the best at whatever it is I'm doing. Um, so I've always had that drive. I don't know. I think it probably comes from growing up in a council estate and kind of having to make your way to the top, whether that's through, whether that's through fighting on the street or, or whether just trying to, trying to survive like that. Um, and just from my family, because I'm coming from that kind of background, I've just always had that that drive but I think the word desire is more apt I have a desire to be the best and to improve all the time um, and I just always in I have a belief in myself in whatever I apply myself to that I can do it and there's no reason why I can't do it and I always believe I always believe that I'm the hungriest person in the room if you know what I mean and sometimes I meet somebody and they seem a bit more like I'm like oh they're a bit, they're a bit hungrier than me. Actually, they seem like they're really going at, and that inspires me to be like, the next time I meet that person, I want them to feel that off me. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm super driven, and I have a lot of desire to to improve and to do as much as I possibly can in music and and every other field. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, for track six, let's take you home. A favourite song from an artist from your home county, please. I picked Open Your Eyes by Snow Patrol um, because I think they're criminally underrated as an Irish band. It's just insane to me. Like, obviously, Snow Patrol are not underrated. They're a world-renowned band and have done amazing things, but they're never. I never hear them in the conversation of U2 and Thin Lizzy and these kind of, who are obviously legendary bands who I love. Um, but I just feel like Snow Patrol deserve to, but when it comes down to songs, they have my favourite songs across the board out of any Irish act ever. And they're, I just feel like they're never kind of spoken about in the same same breath as the likes of you 2 and Tunisia. I think, I think it's criminal. I really what, do. Why I do you think, think that is? I don't know whether it's, I don't know whether it's because they're from Northern Ireland so people kind of, I think some, and, and some of them are, are Scottish, some of the members are Scottish. So I don't know if, if people kind of are like, because I have heard people be sometimes be like, oh, they're not really Irish, are they? Well, like, but yeah, they are. They're completely Irish. They, they are Irish. So I think it's kind of that thing of like, you 2 and Tin Lizzy are both Dublin bands. And that's something that I was very proud of when we were coming through. Picture this, we're not from Dublin. And I don't have a problem with anybody being from Dublin, of course. And I lived there for for a while, um, but I was very proud that we were coming and making it at the top level, and we were from Kildare, where we're from. Um, and because everybody's always very proud of the Dublin band, you two, the Tin Lizzies, and and all, and all of that. But I think that's probably why Snow Patrol are not spoken of in that way. And I think I think maybe it's because they're still around, and they're a bit more recent than than you two and Tin Lizzy. So maybe in a, maybe in another twenty years they will be spoken about in the same breath but i definitely think in in you know 20 years time someone's gonna listen to the best of snow patrol and think fuck they've got a lot of good songs yeah <laughs> like, they have a crazy uh, amount of of mm. great songs great songwriting and again it's it's funny because we when we were recording our first album we recorded our first album in 2016 in nashville and <laughs> i was what age was I in 2017? I was about 22. 
I was around 22, 23. And it was, I discovered, <laughs> I feel embarrassed to say it, but I discovered U2 and Snow Patrol on that trip as a, as a 22 year old Irish man. My first time listening to U2 and Snow Patrol was in 2017, in 2016. And I just remember, I remember our bass player putting on um, Where Streets Have No Name by U2 in the car. And we were driving somewhere and I was like, what is this song? And they were all like, what? And I was like, I've never heard this song before. And they were like, you're fucking mental. You're crazy. And then they started playing Snow Patrol. And I was like, what is this? And they were like, this is Snow Patrol. And I was like, I know who Snow Patrol are, but I've never heard the song. And they were, their minds were blown because the other three guys in the band grew up playing music since they could like play an instrument. So they're like super ingrained in music. And they just couldn't believe that my first time hearing Snow Patrol and U2 properly was in 2017, um, which is crazy. It is crazy. When I say that out loud, it's actually really, really bad. I mean, shout out to Where the Streets Have No Name for, again, one of the greatest intros ever. Yeah, oh. absolutely. That stirs up something in me too, that song. Yeah, yeah, that's spectacular. Um, last track, uh, I'm going to ask you uh, for a song that many may not know that you would like them to hear. Yeah, this song is a song called Dogwood Blossom by Fionn Regan. Oh, what a record, man. What a fucking what record. What a record. It's unbelievable. It's, I've, I've, I found it true. This is England is yeah, my favourite. Yeah, same album. man, same man. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I found that song through that and I was, it just blew my mind. There's lyrics in that song, like, there'll be hell to pay in heaven. I was just like, oh my God. There's so many lyrics in that that just blew my mind. And that song... That song like cuts deep every time I hear it. it. Just like cuts through and makes me. I feel every word of that song. It's an incredible song. I just wish everybody knew it. Yeah. Oh, that's a perfect shout, man. Like that is an absolutely beautiful record. You. I mean, I can't not attach that to to, to the visuals from This Is England when I hear that now. Um, do you do you have a strong visual when you write music or listen to music? Yeah, I do. And that's why the band is called Picture This, because we, I remember as I was writing songs, because me and Jimmy, our drummer and who produces all the music, um, I would write songs and send them to him or I'd show up to the studio and play them for him. And that's what his, his remark was always like, I can, I have such a strong image in my head. He was saying to me that I paint such a strong image in my songwriting in his head. So he sees like, he would instantly see the music video or see the artwork when I would write the song. So the, the visual side of it is super important to us. And it's, it's like, that's why I was saying to you, it's all about songwriting. I need visual stimulation. I need yeah. to be seeing things to, to, in, to be able to create. So like for me, like watching a movie is that, that, that's my kind of saving grace in lockdown is to be able to like get that visual stimulation from that. Yeah. Um, and I've been trying to get Jimmy to watch This Is England since we started the band. He still hasn't watched it. Do you know what? I've just literally finished rewatching all the series again. And it's Me like, too. Oh, it's, uh, I'm going to throw it out there. I think it's the greatest television series ever. Like, I agree. I, I, I agree. 100%. Like, I'm, I'm actually interviewing Thomas Turgoose on Friday and I'm so excited, man. Wow. I'm jealous. <laughs> That's so cool. I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with the whole, I'm obsessed with Joe Gilgan. Yeah. Like, the guy is a legend. I want to work with him so bad. I'll tell so you bad. what. And if you get a chance, 
Listen to Joe Gilgan. Um, this podcast comes out as part of a, a network which is owned by a musician called Screwius Pip. Uh, and he's got a, a, a really amazing podcast called Distraction Pieces. Listen to Joe Gilgan talk to Pip on that podcast. It's, I mean, he's an open book and yeah. he's had his troubles and he talks mm-hmm. about them. And it's fascinating. He's a unique man. He really is. He's fascinating. I'm going to check that out because I've listened. I've listened to a couple of podcasts that he's done, and it is it's incredible listening. He's so open. It's crazy, but I love it. I'm going to check that out. I, I I want to work with him so bad. I want him to be in a music video, a direct music video. I just want to hang out with him. He's a legend. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, we put together a um, a Spotify playlist to accompany this podcast with all your song tracks and and some of the others that we've spoken about. Um, as 2021 is you know is is starting to unfold and. And there's vaccinations in, in place and, and, it, and it would appear that infection rates and everything are going, I don't want to dwell on this, uh, you know, are, are going down. So with a positive mindset, um, what are you looking forward to personally uh, from the rest of, of 2021 and what's coming up professionally? I'm, I'm looking forward to, I, I, I was looking at videos, you know, because we, we just released a song on Friday, a song called Things Are Different. And it's the first song off our next album that's going to come this year. And usually we would twin an album with a tour, as anybody would. And I just saw the fans, like, on Twitter, they were making these videos of old footage of our shows with the song over it. And I was just like, as if I hadn't missed it enough, was just like, I just missed the... As a frontman of a band, you obviously have a bit of, like... You love the no matter no matter who you are and what you say. You love the adoration to a certain extent. Of course, and I, I, of course, and I see people deny it all the time. But let's be honest. Of course, you love it. Who's not going to love that? I I miss the I miss the power of standing in front of a sea of people and having them in your hand and them doing whatever you say, and and. And I mean that in terms of a, a collective experience. I don't mean that as me being in charge of, of everybody. I mean it as a collective feeling that I'm with you for the next two hours and you're with me and everybody here can be whoever they want to be and do whatever they want to do and just have fun. And I'll sing a song and they'll sing it back to me for 10,000 different reasons, their own individual reasons. That, that kind of collective togetherness, I love the feeling of being part of a group I love the feeling of being part of a gang. I love that whole thing. So I miss that so much. And I miss watching people having fun because our shows, the live side of our band is probably the the best side or the, or the side that people really come to us for is our live show. And it's like, it's funny because it's it's love songs. Like I'm singing love songs. We're not like the Stone Roses or, or, or anything like that. Like we're very like, we're a, we're a band that play pop songs about love. But we're a shit hot live band and it's a very aggressive set and our crowds are like, it's like, it's like going to a football game, which is weird. But if you listen to our songs on Spotify or something, you probably wouldn't, you probably wouldn't get that. But I miss that. I just miss that feeling that collective. We're all in this together for the next two hours. We can be whoever you want to be that feeling. I miss it so much. And that's what I'm looking forward to. As soon as that can happen again, I'll play, I'll go and play it to two people in a bar. Two people, I know I didn't do it in the beginning. I'll fucking do it now because I miss it so much. <laughs> I don't care. I'll play it anywhere. Anyone wants to put on a gig, I'm fucking there and I'm playing. I can't wait for it. Brilliant. Um, well, hopefully that's not too far away, mate. Um, if people want to find out more about the new record and, and what's going on with the band, where's the best place? 
We're at Pictureless on all social media and picturelessmusic.com is our, our website. Um, but yeah, our new song is out, Things Are Different, and it's the first of our what's going to be our third album. We haven't said when that's coming, but it's coming very soon. Um, coming this year, and it's all done. We're just ready to drop it. Um, but yeah, at Picture This, you'll find us there. Wonderful. Ryan, it's been a real pleasure, man. Thanks so much for your time. Nice Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. There you go. What a chat. What a top fella. Who blindly goes into a record shop and just grabs a cover and stumbles home with the Smiths and Bob Dylan? I mean, that's a, that's a couple of lucky finds. And yeah, who plays to 800 people on a sold-out gig for their first ever live show? I mean, I did sort of, you know, touch on the fact that you're meant to spend two, three years, you know, playing to two men and a dog in, uh, in, in dirty London boozers. I mean, I've done that. I don't think I ever got to then go out and get the 800, the 800 people live show experience. Never got that. I just used to walk off a stage thinking, probably made about a fiver tonight. But, uh, but there you go. Um, so go and check out the new record um, and, yeah, go and follow them on the socials and find out when the new album's out. Go and get stuck into the back catalogue. Head over to Spotify uh, and check out the playlist uh, of all of the tracks that, that Ryan spoke about. And, yeah, give us a follow on on the socials as well. Um, just search off the Beat and Track podcast and we're on all the, the usual places. And, uh, and, yeah, give us a like, love, share, retweet, all of that stuff. I'll see you next time. Thanks ever so much. Bye-bye. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing. www.sosclothing.co.uk Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year, and they're based in Southend-on-Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music, and they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable, and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15. B-E-A-T-1-5. And that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk official sponsors of Off The Beat and Track Podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Eight o'clock.